0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Tech Post podcast with me, Shawnee Ryan, where we cover what's happening in the world of technology. Tech Post is brought to you in association with Limerick City Community Radio. If you have any topics you want covered, please get in touch with us by emailing techpost at limerickpost.ie And I'm delighted to join now by Paul O'Connor from ONS Limited and uh, Paul is an IT provider here in Limerick. So, Paul, uh, thanks for coming in and joining us on the show here today. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay, so, Paul, um, obviously the the main topic at the moment is this ransomware attack that's on with the HSE. So I think uh, what we need to do is with the listeners is to kind of give them some bit of a background in um, how this happened, ransomware, spam in general, have a bit of a chat around that. So um, before we get started, do you want to give a bit of a, a background to ONS and yourself and uh, let them know your your pedigree? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, again uh, ONS Limited, it's uh, short
1: for O'Connor Network Services. We weren't very imaginative on the name. Um, we're in business now for the last 21 years. This coming September, uh, we deal with small businesses. Or, um, well, small businesses around the uh, Limerick, uh, Clare region mainly, but we do have uh, companies that we that are uh, national, and we also deal with companies in Dubai, Saudi, um, Ethiopia, Cyprus, and we have a couple of clients in America as well. Some of the clients that we deal with like are uh, people with one or two PCs. Uh, Other companies that we deal with like have, uh, I think the biggest one we have now would have um, about 400 uh, PCs and uh, would have about seven or eight servers, including virtual servers and stuff.
0: Okay, that's great. Um, and um, the main services like that ONS would provide to customers, say if you take the typical local Limerick business now, what would be the main services you provide Uh,
1: uh We'd provide uh, the hardware, uh, the PCs, the laptops, uh, monitors, um, the firewalls, uh, NAS boxes are becoming a very, very big thing, uh, which is network address storage, and uh, then obviously uh, security services such as uh, the firewalls, licensed firewalls and uh, antivirus systems and backups as well.
0: Okay, we'll probably come back onto that NASBOX um, thing later on because I think this is going to be key to some of the tips and tricks relating to this whole ransomware attack anyway. So the, for anybody, I, I presume that most people will have heard at this stage now that the HSE was hit by a ransomware attack the other day and um, the, this was the first question that will be on people's minds is really like how did something like this happen? Um, like where? How how did they get in? Was this like a targeted attempt? Was it something that kind of would it be actual humans going at this, or would this be an automated system that would have broken into them? So, like in your experience, I, I presume have you come you've come across ransomware with different clients before? Anyway, we have yeah. yeah. Um, the from what I, I
1: know and what I've heard about, like the HSE attack, mm. um, it has been a, a human attack. In other words, somebody is sitting on a keyboard somewhere, and they're targeting the HSE system. Now, again, from uh, and this has yet to be verified. Like, if um, and if it's true, the the attacks actually started a number of weeks ago, and mm. um, these humans or these att- uh, hackers um, have been in on the HSE system for a couple of weeks and then basically press the button and start to encrypt all their data. Now, uh, ransomware attacks, like from, say, the the general public point of view, like uh, typically up until now, uh, it has been kind of a bot or a sort of a a virus that goes around uh, on the internet, like through email and whatever, like, and if you click on the wrong thing on an email system. Uh, you could inf- infect your system with um, a virus or ransomware, and um, and it's kind of hit and miss from a hacker's point of view. Like, and they may or may or may not get sort of into a system, and. Um,
0: would, would that depend on like how old the software is, whether you're up to date with the latest security patches and that. so if you're running like an old version of Windows, is that... Oh
1: absolutely, like yes, <coughs> people are still using uh, Windows XP and Windows 7, uh, yeah. which are not supported and not minded by Microsoft anymore. Yeah. Uh, everybody should be on Windows uh, 10 as an operating yeah. system, but more so than that, like the uh, the antivirus and the security systems that you have in place like are yeah. very, very, very important and they're critical to your system. And then the biggest thing, the biggest thing that um, uh, companies should invest on in is users and people knowing how to use the system and um, no email system is um, 100% safe. So you will always get in some kind of spam and yeah. you'll get in some kind of an email that may have an attachment on it and if it doesn't look right, don't click
0: on it. Okay, it, that's, that's pretty much the advice for everybody really and it, uh, the, uh, the, what you said there about educating the users. I think that's probably, um, I, I know myself and Dave have talked about this a couple of times in the past and it, it, it seems to be the key point is that you have to assume that something is going to get in onto like by email or somehow, um, whether it's a thumb drive or whether it's email, something's going to try and get in onto your network at some stage and it's educating your users into knowing. What to click on, what not to click on, what to what to check, what to trust. So, would, would you say that's kind of like the the key point here?
1: Absolutely, like, and then there's the the other thing, like as well. If you can imagine, say somebody's very very busy in a busy office, like, and they're working away mm. on their computer, uh, they get something in by email. They do click on it, and their antivirus system stops it, mm. and their system basically. Um, brings up a couple of warning messages like you, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't maybe upgrade a, a program that you're that yeah. you that you want you want to upgrade and you need like so they get very very impatient and they ring the IT support and they yes. want they want an answer now this minute and uh whatever like put the um and the, the the that's all to do with education as well like it's it's uh you have to uh trust the system as well uh, to an degree like but you also have to invest in it yeah and, and you have to keep up to date with your antivirus software and your backups and your firewall. It's a bit of a pain in the ass because
0: you have to invest money on it like from a, yeah. a, a
1: small business point of view. Uh, but Yeah,
0: but the flip side of that is that if you don't invest this small bit of money in your IT system and your backups now, you could be in a, a situation like this where your, your data is encrypted and you're being asked for a much larger amount of money to get it back.
1: Yeah, and coming back to the HSC thing, mm. um, they they've been encrypted or and they've been hacked. Um and reportedly uh they, the hackers were in their system for the last maybe two weeks. Now, the likes of Microsoft and Intel and Cisco, their their systems are being hacked on a daily basis. Or people are trying to hack it on a daily basis. Yeah. They spend millions and millions and millions on security and firewalls and people actually monitoring the system they have bodies looking at the data going in and out on screens which must be mind uh, really really boring it
0: would be yeah and i suppose they see they they have the they have the resources to be able to put these people yeah watching this stuff all the time
1: yeah yeah now the hse like they have budgets and whatever like as well like and obviously their their it systems is are are primary on their their cost list but i think um and they have to go through it, sorry, they have to go through a process now of making sure that all of their data is, the integrity of the data is, is there like and is uh, sound. Mm. But uh, backups, um, backups, 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 like you can't um, have too many backups and once you do a backup as long as it is stored in a, an isolated secure location
0: yeah i know that's that's the part that um I often get asked about on this when uh, whenever we talk about backups and actually only a few weeks ago myself and dave were talking about um the, like the type of spam that you get in and how it can be targeted so sometimes these places like as you said earlier on it can be a bot that's just sending out information sending out spam messages to different people um, and it can be a bot that's trying to find a vulnerability on your network but sometimes this can be targeted which we're, we're, which we're thinking and from what we have heard of so far in the HSE that this was actually a targeted system at them um, but the, like, say for instance I got a spam message in a couple of weeks ago and it was in Irish Mm-hmm. Uh, it was simply because I had a .ie domain name, so like the they're, what they're doing is they're sending the spam in the language of the domain. So if you had a .fr domain, it would send it to you in French. If you yeah. had a .de, and uh, obviously, like when I got it in, like it, it now it was if it's Google Translate Irish, so it was very bad. Like so, it was it was actually kind of it was actually funny to read it because you really and were know. you able to read it? Um, pretty much. Fair play to. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be getting a job on TG TGKer anytime soon, but uh, I, I was able to um, I was able to discern some of bits and pieces in it, and um, I was able to recognise the fact that the that the actual translation was very literal translation. But again, this just shows that that could be an automated system whereby they put in something in one language and
1: yeah, well, make, well, uh, hacker, hackers and spammers are getting very very smart. uh, bringing it down to a local basis now again like um, because I deal with sort of smaller companies um, well mostly smaller companies but one or two sort of fairly big ones Um, and essentially their IT security is the same Um, you have a good antivirus program you have a good backup uh, scenario system uh, and you have um, a good firewall. Uh, The the spammers and the hackers uh on a local basis there was uh and it's still it's still happening uh where say finance departments are getting emails um com- typical example um a company um starts ordering stuff from germany or china or whatever like and they um they have it they establish a relationship with a supplier uh, they buy in stuff and um, they pay money through a credit transfer uh, they're given all the details via email uh, and the initial transfer goes through, they get the product, everybody's happy. Right. Nice. Uh, they do another transaction and they send the, the, the money through email or through bank transfer um, and they get the product, everybody's happy. And then on the third or fourth occasion they, they, they get another email but the email address has slightly changed but the format of the email is exactly the same. Right. So you get it from Paul or John and the name of the company beside it and <coughs> excuse me they um they have the details of the uh, the 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 transaction in the email the conversation or the, the type of typing and the type of wording is almost exactly the same as previously taken like but now they're telling them like that their bank account has changed. All right. Okay. And um, they the company ordered the stuff from the, the supplier and. Uh, they get this email saying the bank account has changed can like, now instead of sending your 20,000 or 30,000 euro to the previous bank account you have to change it, uh, send it to a new one and companies have done that Yeah, I know of four or five companies in the Limerick area and the Limerick county area that have been caught over the last uh, couple of years and just from my knowledge and my experience like direct um, has been like that they have been conned out of approximately 250,000 euro wow now from a small company point of view and from a local area point of view mm. that's incredible money
0: yeah yeah.
1: and that, that, that kind of money can put companies out of business oh
0: very quickly yeah
1: so the the rule of thumb is now that whereas email is a necessary part of commerce mm-hmm. and you you have to uh, rely on it like to to, to do business mm. and websites and uh, all part marketing and and getting in business or whatever like when it comes down to actually money and changing bank accounts or whatever like there's there's no substitute to picking up the phone correct yeah and if you pick up the phone and you can verify things like then you're you're ninety nine point nine 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 percent safe uh, and um another sort of thing like is that if you have something really really important on your network system and you rely on it um there's no substitute to pen and paper either to uh, yeah. to a to a degree like
0: um, so well, that, that's kind of what the HSC have had to go back to at the moment is, is pen and paper they've said they've said that that they've gone back to a lot of the systems where they're doing with outpatients patients and and different um, appointments that they've gone back to pen and paper for recording the state at the moment. Yeah, and there's a couple of
1: um, uh, scanning companies around the, the Limerick area as well, like that deal with the HSE, like and their business is, is increasing as well, like and they're putting, they're basically scanning all of the documents and putting them all on, on a secure system as well, like where the, oh, the HSE... That's
0: document scanning, as in
1: physical document scanning? Physical document scanning. All right,
0: okay, yeah. Uh, d- just, uh, Paul, just to go back on the ransomware thing for a minute there, um, so, like... In the last week, we've seen two big occasions where there was ransomware attacks, and the first one that we saw last week um, was on the Colonial Pipeline over in the USA, where this was the the one that supplies the the fuel supply to most of the East Coast, Um, and there was fuel shortages at garages. Um, There was actually some of the, I I saw some of the things on on the news where there was actually like fights, because there was queues. For people to fill up their cars, there was even some reports where um, there, the government were giving out um, kind of guidelines to people saying don't use plastic bags to fill up with fuel because okay. that because people were panicking and they were filling the fuel out of for their cars in plastic bags. My God! Right, and trying to carry that home. Um, so now th- that caused a huge panic across the east coast of people panic buying because they thought that there was going to be a, a whole fuel shortage, um, but. Colonial, um, they, they actually gave in to the ransomware attackers and paid the fee. Now I don't know exactly what the what the amount was, but obviously it was in the um, it was in the, the regional probably a couple of million that they had to give out. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but um, the, the fact is that they actually paid over the money. right Whereas the HSC have said that they are not giving in to the ransomware demands. Yeah. Um, and and. I suppose which is for the See, listeners, which is the which is the better solution there? Well, the ransomware guys
1: like and the hackers like they're criminals, um, yeah. and nobody wants to be lining the, the pockets of any criminal in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. There's an efficacy sort of thing like here as well, like, uh, and there's a cost and there's a practical cost. Um, the practical cost is like that. The HSE are going to. Have to rebuild their systems from uh, whatever source. Uh, it could be from the source could be from uh, backup. Mm. It could be from paper records. It could be from um, various various different means. Uh, but there's a huge amount of people sort of involved in it now. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a cost and all of that. Like so, regardless whether they sort of give into the, the the ransomware or not, mm. they're going to be. It's going to cost them money, and it's going to cost them big money. Yeah. So. From a practical point of view, like one would be think, could think like that, if the ransom was one million euro, mm. um, is it going to cost them one million euro to get their system back anyway? Yeah, uh, and and put in the proper safeguards and the the proper systems like and whatever. Like, now there's no system that's going to be hundred percent safe uh, because all of these hackers like are developing uh, new ways and new techniques techniques of doing things. Um, and again, going back to, to the likes of Microsoft and Cisco and, and Dell, their systems are being hacked on a daily basis, but again, they spend millions on it. Like So mm. the HSE may increase their budget on security uh, after this experience, like, and the, the amount of money it's going to cost them. I'm not um, advocating anybody to, to, to spend money um, and pay hackers, uh, again, from a local point of view. I do know one company in the the Limerick City uh, area that uh, had a ransomware attack uh, a little while ago and uh, their backups, uh, for one reason or another, didn't work for about 12 months and they they weren't checked. And that particular company had no choice but to pay the ransom because if they didn't, um, they would have been out of business.
0: Yes, because they'd have no way of getting their data back.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So, like, um, now the HSE... I assume yeah. that they would have backups, uh, but because their system uh, possibly was um, being hacked for two weeks before they actually knew about it, mm. uh, the integrity of their backups like, would, might, may be in question and that's one of the reasons why I would reckon that it's taking them so long to bring up their systems again. Because they have to go and check everything first before they
0: restore it? Absolutely. like All So, right, so okay.
1: they would have to restore their backups, say, to a local machine or a local system or an isolated system. Yeah, and then get maybe get people in users and doctors and nurses and whatever mm. like to verify the data. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but in 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 that particular instance, like of the of the company in Limerick, that that basically had to pay. They they, mm. they didn't from a business point of view and a business decision. It, it was it was their uh, issue that they they didn't check their backups. It was their issue that they they didn't have um, invert commas good IT support. Right. Okay. Uh, to check their systems, and they didn't have. Uh, proper antivirus systems like they were yeah. also sort of they decided like for one reason or another that uh, buying new computers for users was a waste of time if it worked grand <laughs> so all of the yeah. users were using machines that were maybe 8, 9, 10 years old ah, and so um, that when when they were caught, like it's um, yeah. they 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 just ha- didn't have any option like to do yeah. to do anything else.
0: Yeah. So one of the questions I got asked over the weekend um, was that um, if like say you, you were saying there that the, these the, the hackers could have been in the system for a long time, and that means they could have compromised backups or the you, you have to test everything as it gets restored to make sure that it's if if it was effectively clean before it gets back on put back live mm-hmm. in the network. Um, what are the chances of this being a kind of a double dip whereby the data the, the patient data uh, is already been stolen and they have a copy of that as well so that even if they get everything back up and running that they might be hit with a kind of a blackmail thing of now pay us or we release all this information out to the wild yep yeah, and then there's there, there's
1: that and uh, the the level of um now, to be honest with you, uh, I'm not too sure whether that's, that's a biggie or, mm. a, I'm sure it's a biggie for some people, but from, from my point of view, like um, I wouldn't mind like if somebody sort of um, public- publicised that I was in uh, the regional hospital like
0: with a, a, an ingrown toenail. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. But there's obviously, there's obviously some records that some people are going to have that they won't want out there. Um, and, and even even if even if you t- take away the fact of the people whether they mind or not, like we are looking at a GDPR issue here, and are they going to be fined for a data breach over something like well, that? Well, yeah,
1: that's that's the other thing as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah actually, the GDPR
1: thing is, is huge. Mm. Uh, also, sort of the, the hackers like uh, would have uh, some of the information that they would have on people like would be the email address yeah and that could lead to to more more sort of uh hacking and spam
0: and all that sort of stuff email address the name the phone number the home address pps number could be on file so like with that data then they could be looking at um attacks on their bank account like people trying to yeah and you hear uh, hear
1: these uh, elderly people getting phone calls as well like uh looking for money for one reason or another as well like Uh, So there's there's a whole sort of um, knock on effect on all of this like that, it may sort become
0: uh, maybe some months before it -hmm. might become apparent. Like, but um, I thought of that actually. Yeah, that they're going, they could use that data to get onto and say, oh, you've got an appointment, and before you come in for your appointment, you need to pay this amount of uh, whatever. And if you're talking to somebody who's in their
1: seventies or eighties or whatever, like, um, and it it sounds credible. Yeah, but well,
0: then sort of the yeah people okay. can be sort of conned out of their money. Yeah, like these con attacks have been around since the age of like the, the start of time. People have been conning people with different scams and everything. This is just an electronic version of it, but. They, they could go right and target people by, by their demographic and say yeah okay if we ring this person these people are old we we'll tell them okay listen you, your appointment is next week but before you come in you have to pay this amount and that uh, gives your credit card now yep. so, um, so I suppose it, 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 there's a good tip there for people anyway that apart from having your, your system safe ed- educate your friends and family now as well yeah. that maybe something might happen don't trust the phone call if you get the phone call in in the same way as what you were saying earlier on of like when you get that banking fraud email in and asking you to wire money off someplace else to the, the different bank account I always Do- try and double ver- check
1: yeah I always, always try and verify it
0: yeah so um yeah and and the verification really like i i One of the things I say to people is, if you get an email in, and and it's happened to me actually in business as well, I'll tell you a good story in a second now, but if you get an email in and it says... Um, okay, you need to go here or click this link or to go onto this website and it might lead you to a phishing website that's trying to get your your details off you. But it also might have a fake number in it. Yep. So if you look at it and you say, well, I'm not really sure if I trust what I'm doing here, I'll ring them and find out. You could end up ringing the fake number yep. and somebody at the other end says, oh yeah, that's legit, yeah, that's fine, work away with that. So to, to safeguard against that, if like say you got something in from your bank then go to the bank's website independently don't click the link open up the website and then check the number on that and ring that number yeah to verify it yeah
1: and websites can be hacked as well yeah i know That's of, true, yeah. i know <clears throat> several companies now even even in the Limerick area as well mm-hmm. that their websites were hacked like and yeah. the hacking basically takes uh, control of their website. Like their, yeah. their home page looks exactly the same yeah.
0: and whatever looking like, we, you know. we see it on in, in, the, in the day job, we see it on a daily basis. We're watching servers monitoring them and, and we see the amount of attacks on websites and most of it is trying to brute force the, the login details into the actual website so once they get in, then they're into the back end of it and then they can make the changes as you say whatever they yeah. want
1: and if there's yeah. if there's databases on the websites as well mm-hmm. like they can sort of farm the, the uh, names and addresses and
0: emails and all that sort yeah, of stuff as exactly, well exactly yeah uh, like one of the things I was just, the story is going to tell you there one of the things that happened with us in, in the business um, not too long ago was um, the an email came in and it came to two or three people in the company but not me and it was it was pretending to be me and it looked like it was coming from me unless you dug in and actually looked at the email but It was looking for me and it was basically saying um uh there's a customer that i want to buy gift cards for can you buy these gift cards and send them on to me and um i'll send them out and um it, it, it effectively it was it did the language perfect on it. Mm-hmm. it like it was it was very easy to con but of course it came into two or three lads in the company so of course straight away um they, they were kind of saying oh kind of it was, it was because there is a bit more education inside them because this is what we deal with on a daily basis um, they straight away come on to me and were like look what we're after getting in yeah right so <coughs> I they couldn't them, believe you were, you were so generous yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the unbelievable part not that yeah. <laughs> it didn't come from me it was the, what was he there's no way he's buying something yeah. for someone so what we did is um, I got them to actually reply to it right I said okay let's let's kind of draw this out a bit and see what they're actually saying hmm. so um two of the lads rep- responded back uh, to them and said yeah no problem we can do that okay uh l- give me the details so what they wanted was these um these uh, gaming these steam gift cards um the, the you know where you can buy credit on the i think it's the steam network okay you're the, younger the, than i am i don't i don't or know valve or something like that, whatever okay yeah any any kids who do a lot of uh Gaming will we'll understand what we're talking about anyway here. But there were, um, there were gift cards to buy credit on these gaming networks anyway. And um, they asked for um, a number of different denominations and said, when you get the cards, um, take the code off the back of it and send it on to me and I'll send it out to the clients. Yeah. Right? So uh, one of the lads quickly just did a, a Google search for these gift cards and got the Google image and then uh, kind of doctored it a bit and put in a few fake numbers on the back of it mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and saved them as though he had taken the picture himself and sent them back to the person yeah. and uh, they got no response after that Okay. I had absolutely no response now obviously uh, one of the other guys then actually asked him for a day off and your man said yeah sure no problem take the day off <laughs> <laughs> so, so they were engaging in a very human way yeah. right because he was like oh can I have Monday the 29th off and he's like yeah no problem it's fine it's fine so it was very it was done very much as a conversational and thing can I just ask you a question yeah. like the, the that email mm. looked as if it came from you yeah but what was what was
1: the actual email address oh it was some Russian address so like, right. so, so when the the actual display email like was from you, but yeah. if you double clicked on the actual email, email address
0: yeah. that it came from, yeah, it was something. Somewhere yeah, so in at Russia. the top it said from Sean Ryan. Yeah, right, and then but if you actually look in and view the details of it, it was a totally different email address. Yeah, right, but um, anyway, like so like our our view was that if we were wasting their time a bit on dealing with us, knowing yeah. that they were scammers then it means that we're taking up their time so they have less time to deal with other people. Yeah. <laughs> so we wasted a small bit of their time. Um, I, <laughs> we're not going to be saving the world that way. But um, it was interesting just to see how far they would go with this and how far the conversation, what the scam was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, look, so the, we, we kind of... It was a bit of towing and throwing over and back, and then they obviously realized that they were getting nothing from us, so um, they just went away, and it just went quiet after that, so there was no more response. But the, the key point to that was that you have to educate the users that when an email comes in, if it's anything to do financial, um, anything to do with it, that might be something that's not a normal request that you see in. Yeah. You have to check that from address, you have to see where, and, and, and again, in the email programs, and this is kind of a deficiency of many email programs now, they've gone to just displaying the name Right, so the name that came in associated with it, so it just said from Sean Ryan yeah. instead of the full email address. Yeah. So this is kind of a deficiency that I see in some of the email programs now. Um, well, most of, most of the email systems would have say
1: from Sean Ryan, but if you double click on it, you you s- will yeah. still get the email address. Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. So see?
0: so that's the one thing that the the <coughs> people there now is to always check the actual email address that it's from. Yeah. And if there's something within the the body of the email that you're
1: refers to a website. Mm. Search for that website outside of the email I like, Correct. And, and yeah,
0: yeah, go and go, like. go and go directly into your search engine and look at do that. The other
1: thing, from a business point of view, like yeah. um, I, I can't stress enough uh, about sort of uh, trying to protect yourself from this thing, like um, in relation to backups and antivirus.
0: Yeah. And uh, Paul, what we're going to do is we're just going to run through some of the stats about spam at the moment now. So. Um, I'm looking on, on a website near called uh, Dataprod, dataprod.net and uh, one of the, the big stats that jumps out at me here is that there are, um, the average number of legit emails sent every day on the internet is 22 billion emails per day. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of emails. It is, yeah. <laughs> so no, that's no, not just Northern like. Yeah. That's, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that's across the world, yeah. Okay. But 22 billion emails per day. But as part of that, there is 85% of that is... Um, spam, yeah. 85%. And that just shows you sort of, one, the, the prevalence
1: of uh, hacking and the, and people make money out of sending out spam.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a business.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. It also shows you sort of the, the level of uh, good things that, that the likes of, say, Microsoft and Google are doing. Because in the in the spam protection area, absolutely. Because yeah. uh, if if eighty five percent of your inbox was spam, yeah, like nobody
0: would be using email. No, and and this goes back to how email, like e- when email was invented, right? There was there was no idea that this would happen, and it wasn't designed to be able to protect against this. Like if you if you look at if you compare it to mobile phones, where it's not as easy. It's still it's still possible, but it's not as easy to do fake number. Um, like sending out spam messages it's, it's becoming a bit more popular now but um, there, there is like more of a protection in terms of where it's coming from and the legitimacy of it but it's like with, with email it was never designed like this and the problem with email was that anybody could send an email uh, pretending to be from anybody else yeah, uh, faking the from address uh, and there are there are certain other protections like SPF and DKM coming into place now that are becoming more prevalent guard against that so that the source is verified but the problem with email has always been that it has been too easy for, for hackers and spammers to set up machines and just mass send out all these email these yeah. spam emails yeah but again
1: like the the, the, the likes of Microsoft Google mm. um, which are the, the primary ones that uh, Irish companies use and yeah. uh, Irish users use um, the the level of spam that you get into your your inbox is not 85 percent no another thing that sort of people and companies should be looking at um, more so that uh, are, are more regularly mm. uh, is the independent companies uh, you have, say, the likes of Microsoft and Google who have their, their own anti-spam um, systems on the G Suite and the Office 365 mm-hmm. system. Yeah. But then there are uh, independent companies that would offer anti-spam solutions as well. Just, for, just for generic email? Just accounts, for, yeah. well, well, for generic email, but you could yeah. also sort of have your Office 365 and your uh, G Suite um, filtered out. As in addition to the the Office 365 spam or anti-spam. Okay,
0: so you've got a double layer protection. There. Yeah, yeah, so,
1: and then there's uh, and if you if you sort of get uh, email that they think is uh, important or that that may be flagged incorrectly, mm-hmm. you get an email to say like that. There's 10, 20, 30 emails in a quarantine box or whatever, yeah. like, and you have to log in. Yes, for like so you get a kind of
0: digest of it, and yeah. um, it just tells you, like, okay, the, the system stopped these amount as yeah. red-flagged them. And another thing, like, just from a
1: business point of view, like, uh, it's very, very important, again, to educate users, and part of your e- email system, whether it be Outlook or whatever email program that you're using, mm. you should always look at your junk folder. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just in case there, there is something in there, like from a sales point of view or from a customer service point of view that you've missed.
0: Yeah, because um, the, the thing about it is, is none of these systems are perfect. Um, so there, there's going to be some false positives. Yeah. Right? So if you, if you tweak something to, uh, like to try and flag things as spam, uh, then it's going to see some things. And especially I, I often see the shorter emails get stopped as spam. Yep. so when somebody might send you like sometimes people send me messages and they might have put the actual like the quick thing that they wanted to say just in the subject line and then their email is just their signature and that gets flagged as spam because the spam looks at it and kind of goes well it's kind of pretty much an empty content email or if you're a bad speller like I am <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they think that it's, it's somebody who's not their first language yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so of, of the amount of spam that's there like when you, when you think about it if, if there's 22 billion that are legitimate and then there's the other 85% that makes up 15% that's the other 85% are spam that's 122 billion messages per day that are, that are spam yeah. uh, that are floating around the internet and 36% of that is advertising spam and that means that the, the spammers are trying to trying to sell you something whether it's fake tablets or whatever it is then they're trying to sell you something and they might be wanting to get you to click on a link to go to one of these yep. websites that uh makes it look as though you're getting something and if,
1: even if you're ultra careful like mm. it's a, it's amazing how successful these these spam emails are like and and even pop-ups like on, on websites and things yeah. like which is also another form of spam yeah uh, with during the lockdown how many people like uh, go onto Amazon or uh, website uh, yeah. shopping websites like, and buy an extra lawnmower that they don't want?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the lockdown actually was kind of like a, a, a goldmine for spammers really because it meant the people were so isolated that they weren't getting the collective knowledge of the office that like if you were inside an office and something comes in and you're looking at it and you kind of go, oh, what the hell is this that you could shout across to someone at the other desk? Yeah. And they'd say, oh no, definitely don't open that. Whereas when people are at home, there's a higher chance of them maybe looking into it because, as say, they don't have that backup of the people in the office. Um, the email systems might have been, they might have been using a home PC, so they might have had the same protection on the home PC. Uh, but just to pick up on one thing you said there about um, how successful these things are. So again, on the, on the Dataprod um, website I'm looking at here, they're, they're saying that for every 12 and a half emails sent, emails, spam emails sent, that the spammers receive one reply. Mm-hmm. So that's one in every 12 and a half million and that still for them. Yeah. Yeah. So if they catch out one person in every 12 and a half million that they try, that's like, it's a tiny, tiny percent. But it costs mm-hmm. them, it costs them
1: basically zero to send out the spam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you get one guy in front of one computer somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be in Dublin or in um, anywhere in Russia or wherever like uh, and he presses a couple of buttons and then they have a program that will send out thousands of emails every second
0: yeah
1: yeah uh, now my primary business like is to deal with companies and, and local businesses and, and whatever they like, can one of the 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 challenges that uh, a lot of companies have had mm-hmm. over the last 12 months uh, and so with the pandemic as well like is is actually remote working with that you just brought up like as well
0: yeah.
1: and um, uh, the people sort of working from home Uh, using either their own computers or uh, company-supplied computers, Mm -hmm. and uh, whether those company-supplied computers would have the proper securities and backups and um, antivirus. One of the misconceptions around, uh, from a company point of view is if a user's um, laptop that they're using, um, uh, a company laptop that they're using, and they bring it home, and they have, uh, say, their My Documents folder, redirected to a Dropbox folder yeah. or a OneDrive folder, that they think that that's a backup. Right. That's not a backup. Right. That's, that's just basically a copy of the information that would be stored in the cloud that would be on your laptop.
0: Okay, so let's let's move on to the, the, the backup. So let's give the solutions that the people, because anybody listening now, they've heard us talk all about the, the problems with the spam, the problems with the ransomware, what happens if they get hit by it, whether they should pay or not. But let's, let's, let's move on to actually giving people the information they need to make sure that they're properly and adequately protected against this. Um, so backup, right? As you say, yeah. the Dropbox is—it's a misconception that that it's. That yeah, it's, uh, if, you, if
1: you've got a an Excel spreadsheet in your My Documents folder and mm-hmm. that's automatically copied, or it, they, that my My Documents folder is, is automatically copied up to Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So your file exists. Your Excel spreadsheet exists on your laptop and also exists on. Uh, your Dropbox folder or your yeah. OneDrive folder, uh, some sort of cloud-based system, um, you could then get hit with a, a virus. It could be yeah. ransomware. It could be anything. It could be yeah. sort of just an ordinary sort of malware virus type thing like uh, that may infect your uh, your Excel spreadsheets and your Word documents and your databases or whatever. Like, If they're copied into a Dropbox folder or a OneDrive folder, basically the infection is copied to the OneDrive folder or the Dropbox folder. Yeah. So if your file is encrypted on your laptop, it's encrypted on your Dropbox or OneDrive, it's just basically copying the system or
0: copying the, the infection from one place to another. Right, because, it's not, it. because it's not intelligent enough to know uh, that like, it's, it's basically just configured to make a copy regardless. Yeah, As, so, and so OneDrive,
1: OneDrive and Dropbox are not backups. Right. Now, you, there is a facility in OneDrive and um, Dropbox that you can, say, possibly right-click on a file or a folder and go back to, say, yesterday's um, sort of version so, of the same file.
0: Yeah, so you've got versioning or kind of an archive
1: system there. Yeah, but if the, if the, if the virus is intelligent enough, like it's going to uh, encrypt those files as well, Yeah, or um, it may not be possible to go back or it may sort of uh, um, destroy the, 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 the history version. Of the the file or whatever they yeah it just you, you just cannot sort of uh, trust it as being a backup. Mm-hmm. The, the Dropbox or onedrive or any cloud based replication of files that you have on any system, whether it be a, a pc laptop or a server, cannot be used as a backup.
0: Right, and, and the same with the same. Would you think the same would apply to like a NAS box? If you had a NAS box on your network for storing files, Yep. you're in the same boat there. That like once something gets infected on a PC, that can spread to yep. all the files on the NAS box as well, yes. as you're connected and, to it.
1: And most viruses now like are network aware. Okay, so, so if one PC in an office gets a virus, like, and they don't have adequate uh, protection, like in uh, desktop antivirus, mm. uh, that uh, that virus can be spread to. All the PCs and all the servers and all the NAS boxes all around the, the office.
0: So it'll just so I'm sitting there and I get an email in and it says, um, oh, "Open this because whatever." And it looks a little legit, so I open up some uh, infected file. I get hit by it. Then that means that now I can be the one that can spread it to everybody else in the office, Absolutely the local like, yeah. servers in the office, everything. So one person being hit on their own machine could infect everything across. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's kind of scary. It is. Yeah. yeah. So the, the solution, so in, ter- in terms of like if people need a backup, are you talking about having multiple backups or multiple versions of backups or what's yep. the solution? Yeah, the, the, again,
1: it, it depends on the, 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 the level of security that the company wants like, and mm. the, the level of um, um, cost. Now, cost yeah. can be sort of in monetary terms or it can be can be in time. Okay. Uh, but generally speaking, like what I would, what our company normally does, like is uh, uh, we go into a company, and if they have, say, a central server with a database, okay, uh, they could be an ERP system or whatever. Like we would have uh, a minimum of three backups per day.
0: Minimum of three.
1: Minimum of three.
0: All right. Okay.
1: One very early in the morning. Yeah. One around lunchtime. and One around nine
0: o'clock at night. Okay. So, uh, you're, so you're taking snapshots at <coughs> different times of like crucial times yeah. for people. So it means you can revert to that time with a minimal amount of loss. Yeah, so basically if they get hit at 11 o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. we close down their system and all
1: if their systems are encrypted or whatever, like we can wipe their servers uh, and restore the data back to, say, where it was, at 4 o'clock that morning.
0: Okay. Now, yeah. to,
1: to wiping their servers and whatever like may take a little bit of time, will take a bit of, a bit of time, yeah. and they, their whole system could be down for a day. Okay, Right. But they would be, they, they may
0: only lose two or three hours worth of information. Alright, and, and I suppose it, that really, what, how it's configured is, is dependent on how critical that information is on a daily basis, how much like say, if it was an ordering system, yeah. like if, if you look at something and say, well if you had to go and tell your staff we have to enter all those days orders again and get them right yeah. from either memory or from paper, yeah. um, and it, like if you've got an online ordering system you've got to go back and find out. Like yeah. where, where these orders In, in were. that kind of situation yeah. like where they,
1: there would be say, online systems and, and online ordering and, yeah. and that kind of thing like we may, we may decide that in addition to the the three snapshot backups that we would have mm. we would do a continuous backup.
0: Alright, okay, continuous replication of
1: yeah. the information. And the, the, uh, If the system went down for any other reason other than a virus mm. so if it was a, a power cut that sort of um, corrupted data or if mm-hmm. there was a glitch in the software system, or right. the the server just went down naturally, or yeah. whatever, like that um, hardware, hardware failure, hardware yeah. failure or something like that, yeah. like that there was there was no sort of uh, data corruption on, but the mm-hmm. the hardware basically just stopped. Yeah. Uh, we'd be able to replace that hardware like and because of the continuous uh, backup we would be able to get them back to a point where they would a- a- actually lose no data
0: right and th- those backups like we talked a while ago about the like the, the fact that you're saying that like one driver and box isn't a backup so what's different about those backups that how are they isolated that they, they don't get encrypted if you get if you get a, a box. generally speaking the way
1: the backups work is like um there's a backup program put onto a server mm-hmm. that that um backup program say um starts at eleven o'clock in the morning mm. uh, it backs up all of the information to a file or a folder on that server or on somewhere on the network yeah then that that program then when that backup is finished uploads it to um an external server okay. Uh, that there are companies out there who, who offer cloud backup solutions yeah. and once that backup is uploaded to that server, mm. it's isolated then okay. from, from your system.
0: So it, there's no live link between the server and the backup?
1: Exactly. Right. So if, the, um, if two minutes later mm. your, uh, your network system was uh, compromised with a, a ransomware, Or any kind of other virus, or whatever, like, or something that was uh, Um, not nice and brought down your system, um, you would be able to go back to the 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 most previous backup. Or um, the way a proper backup should work, like, is that if this happened to you on the 1st of June, Mm -hmm. you would be able to go back to the 1st of January and pick pick a backup that you would want to restore. On the first of January, the second of January, or the third of January, or okay. one or two or three of the backups that happened within that day.
0: All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're going back up to it. you're going to the version that you want yeah. to get back to.
1: Now, sometimes like that might be sort of due to, say, somebody again in the office that may have deleted a particular file on mm. the fourteenth of February. Okay. And you only found out about it like on the first of June, but it's an extremely uh, important file. Yeah. Um, you sh- should be able to go back to the 14th of February, like mm-hmm. on the 1st of June, to retrieve that one
0: particular file right yeah okay now let, let's say it's someone just sitting at home at the moment as someone who's got the, like just a normal user uh whether it's a home business or just a home user and they're concerned about their own files like let, let's say it's a student who um is doing their thesis right, right. Okay. and you're after ruining their day now by telling them that their their dropbox backup is not a backup and they're worried about losing their data so in terms of just like i don't i don't like the word the cheapest solution, but the easiest solution for someone on a budget, right? Um, like, would a USB drive that they put a backup onto and then disconnect it and store it away, would that be sufficient? That sometimes yes, but
1: in my head, no. Right. Uh, you can buy USB drives like that are say sixteen gig and thirteen or thirty-two gig, like, and you can yeah. get them for a fiver. Yeah, through wish.com dot yeah. and stuff, and whether, and they don't last at all. Okay. So my uh, advice would be if you have data that you want to keep, yeah, uh, you buy a USB hard drive, okay, a, a decent one, right? Uh, say roughly at one terabyte mm. uh, USB, like you will. If you're spending anything less than um, sixty or seventy euro, you're wasting yeah. your time.
0: Okay, but sixty or seventy euros is, is, is pretty much a good budget solution for people. Yeah, right. No. Um, let, let's push the boat out a small bit right would it be a good idea for those people to have two of those oh yeah and, and say right okay on the first of every month I copy over this one to the one that I've marked monthly yeah. a big M on the front of it and then I have my weekly one with a big W on it and each week I copy over to that. And, and and it's effectively, the the advice is that once you would copy, disconnect it from the PC. Absolutely. Because if yeah. it's
1: connected to the PC like and you get infected, like everything yeah. that you're connected to, whether it be another PC or server through a network system, yeah. or if there's something plugged into your uh, PC or laptop, that's going
0: to be infected as well. Right. Okay. So the best thing to do is once you've done your backup, disconnect it, isolate it, yeah. and keep it away from your live working machine. Yeah. If it's not plugged in, it's not working, nobody can then, use it. Okay, Right. okay. So connect up your USB drive daily, take your backups. Um, if you're working on your thesis or you're working on your music project or some nice content that you're doing at the moment, writing your play, right, then connect it, copy over everything and then disconnect it, put it in, put it away in a drawer and at least you have a backup then. Yeah. And and if you're doing it, say one for daily and one for weekly, then the worst you're going to have is a is a week old. And most of these um, USB
1: hard drives, would do, there would be a fairly decent amount of space on them, like as well. Like yeah. You're not you're not going to um, uh, take up 500 or uh, one terabyte of space like with your word documents and spreadsheets. No, So a good idea and would be to create a folder on that uh, USB hard drive called CDs. Okay. and copy over your installation programs for all of your your, okay. uh, your programs right so to license microsoft office and your yeah. antivirus and your, even your
0: operating system okay all right. okay yeah so you just have one copy though so you're not constantly making a copy of everything on your drive which yeah. means that it's going to be much faster to copy over anyway if you're yeah just you won't, you won't be looking
1: for stuff, stuff like and if you have license numbers that you need to sort of uh, to reinstall yeah. uh, systems like or software like that you, you can, can easily uh, wipe your system and reinstall it like and it might only take half an hour okay or an, or an hour or so like because you
0: have all of the information at hand all right very good brilliant okay that's great advice okay top tip there now on that one um i think uh i think we might have covered most of what we want to cover now with the uh with the ransomware um i i had one more question actually and i know you, you said earlier on you've you would come across ransomware in different places um how how do these people ask for payment? How do they demand this ransom? Where do I, like What do they usually do in that scenario? The
1: one system that I was very, very close to, like now and I, I can stress like that, it wasn't a customer of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this particular company, um, they hadn't checked their backup uh, for about a year and a half, no. or their backup hadn't been checked properly for about a year and a half, I should say. And they got, um, uh, basically they got an email in, and they, uh, they, the, uh, the ransom at the time was for... I think half a bitcoin.
0: Half. A bitcoin, right. Now,
1: half a bitcoin at the time was about seven thousand euro.
0: In today's terms, I think a bitcoin at the moment is running at about fifty thousand dollars at the moment, yeah. or forty something.
1: This is going yeah. back about maybe what three years. Okay, they were. Um, they had to pay it. Right. Well, they uh, they were given um, well, the even, uh, a bank account number uh, and. Yeah
0: even at that of actually like if somebody asked me to pay them a Bitcoin at the moment, like I'd be sitting there scratching my head saying, how do I even start to buy a Bitcoin myself? Yeah. to pay it to someone else? So the, even the process, the, the length of time of actually figuring out how to do that yeah. of actually getting it, buying it, and then figuring out that I'm transferring it to the right place. Um, well, the process, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, to be honest with you, I, I don't know the full
1: mm-hmm. process that yeah. uh, in that particular instance. Um, but um it, I know that it went to a bank in China.
0: All right. Okay. No. Um, You're the, not going to trace that anyway. No.
1: The and the other instances that I was talking about, like that, uh, companies were conned out of two hundred fifty thousand euro uh, by um, mm. sending money to a, um, a different bank account. Yeah. Um, in two of the companies, um, as soon as they they transferred the money, five minutes later the money the money was gone out of the bank account that they they transferred it to. Oh. In one instance that I know of, and I think it was twenty-eight thousand euro that was transferred over. Um, they um, they reported it. Um, they paid the money say two weeks ago. They reported it like the money was actually still in the bank account. Oh. Uh, in China, what they did like was they they froze the bank account. Yeah. But because of uh, monetary laws and banking laws and whatever, like uh, that money will stay in that bank account for a good number of years before it may or may not be
0: repatriated so it just got frozen into an account and then you've no way of getting it back yeah all right okay final question on this so is for someone who's looking to protect their pcs is there any of the like the antivirus software out there the loads of different ones is there anyone you would recommend
1: there are like and the one thing i would sort of just mention on that like is that there's a lot of um advertising and marketing within the uh, computing business itself as well
0: yeah,
1: so everybody knows of Microsoft and everybody knows of google and and they 're uh, basically the, the the mainstay of technology in Ireland, uh, as far as antivirus is concerned like um, there 's one product that we use it 's called Panda. Now okay. Panda have uh, have a, a couple of different antivirus solutions, like for home users as well as business users. Okay. What I found is that the the um, the business user version of the Panda system is excellent. Right. It has a, it's a zero day event uh, thing, like and they're actually trying to push the the European community to have sort of some sort of a database of legitimate software. Yeah. So in other words, uh, you put Panda onto a uh, PC and that PC has Sage and has Microsoft Office and it has a CAD Pro program and all that sort of stuff on it like, and they're all legitimate mm-hmm. programs. If um, say your Sage system, uh, your Sage payroll system, uh, had, had, would, that would be updated maybe two or three, four times a year. Okay. Um, if uh, you try to uh, upgrade that .exe file. Yeah. And the EXV the EXV file has changed, and there's bits and bytes and all that sort yeah. of stuff in that EXV file that has changed like with the upgrade. Uh, Panda may not know about it, so if it doesn't know about it, it will stop it. All right. Okay. So if anything changes on your PC and Panda doesn't know about it, it, it will stop whatever it is. Like now, it could be good or bad. Yeah. But because it doesn't know about it, it's a zero-day event.
0: Okay. Program. Right. So it's it's defaulting to saying. I'm not happy with this
1: yeah it it't me. It. It, yeah so what what panda's trying to do like is try try to get sort of uh, a european sort of uh, based thing like that mm. um, all software companies would have to subscribe to this that um, the ones yeah. that are, when they're doing upgrades on and whatever like that uh the the antivirus companies are sort of um, particular ones anyway would, would get to know about this thing and, and have a copy of the upgrade in their database so somebody in O'Connor Street in Limerick is up- upgrading their SAGE yeah, I they can, and like yeah, and they and can it find out that, but if it, but mm. if, it, if they don't at the moment like they don't know about it like, so Panda will, will stop it and okay. then you go onto a website like within Panda and it tells you that it has stopped this particular update on uh, Paul's computer mm. do you know if it's good or not if you say if it's good, like you click a button, like and then two minutes later you'll be able to continue the backup or the the, the update process on it. Okay, right. The, the costing of that particular type of software, on average, is around thirty euro per year per device.
0: Okay, that's that's quite reasonable. That's yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's To me, it's a no brainer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're pretty much out of time here, Paul. Um, where can people find you on the internet? What's the website address? Uh, <clears throat> to get me through, uh, www.ons.
1: That IE. They can call me
0: 087-811-8690. Okay. Uh, if I can help, I will. All right. Okay. We're out of time here on the show for another week. So we'll be back again in a few weeks time. And uh, once again, Paul, thanks so much for all your uh, insights and tips today for everybody. Uh, we might have you back on again in some studies in the future. Thank you. you've been listening to tech post a Limerick post podcast in association with Limerick city community radio. If you have any tech questions or topics you'd like to see covered or if you have any local tech news that you want featured, please email tech at limerickpost.ie. The show is produced by Eric Fitzgerald and theme music is kindly supplied by Limerick's Dylan Flynn and the dead poets. And you can find their great music on Spotify or Apple music. You can follow Limerick post on Twitter at Limerick post. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you subscribe to get other great podcasts from The Limit Post.